So last week we began this story, looking at the stories in the Bible of taking us of how do we face barriers and flourish? How do we move through that when we ourselves create barriers? And this week, how do we navigate, face those barriers when it involves others, that others may create? Because my guess is you've had those moments where you can't take another word from someone or you feel like you are getting drawn into someone else's drama or you're like, you know, maybe just everybody would be better if there were no humans, right? There are times where we get caught in, we, we love to be loved, we love to belong, we like community, and then we don't. There is this other side because of the barriers that we create for one another, whether that's intentional or unintentional, whether it's through words or actions, right? And so how do we begin to face those barriers that others create? How do we begin to face those things in a way that allows us to flourish? Because People are always going to say or do something, going to create some drama, going to cause some issue, going to create a barrier that makes us just want to put our head in our hands and go, I can't, I'm not anymore, I'm done. So how might we begin to navigate to face those barriers? So for today, we're going to actually go to the book of Exodus. We are going to go into the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and look at a story of Moses. And Moses at this point in the story, he has led the Israelites out of Egypt. They cried and complained about their life in Egypt. God said, okay, I'm gonna lead you out. They get out and they cry and complain because the Egyptians are following them. Then the Egyptians aren't following them. And so they cry and they complain about the food and about the water and God responds and guides and provides and is present. And now where we get to with chapter 18, now that's kind of interesting because we are beyond those moments, but they're still crying and complaining. It's just more of the everyday kind of things. It's more of the everyday kind of squabbles, the, the everyday kind of living around one another that they're going to have issue with. And Moses is trying to navigate as he has done all along. And what's kind of interesting about this is this is a moment where Moses is going to have to dig into how does he deal with the everyday barriers that people are creating for themselves and for others. And yet they're still going to cry and complain along the way. Like those barriers aren't necessarily going to immediately go away or diminish even. It's kind of one of those things where the Israelites... They're on their way from Egypt, which is considered the oppressive. They wanted freedom, and so they are on their way to the promised land. They're on their way home. They're on, a, they're on their way to a place where supposedly they can thrive, and yet there is all this angst and fear and worry on this transition 
which so often is the case, right? Even when we are transitioning to something good, even when we are moving from one place to the other with so much possibility, there begins to be this transition, this fear, these barriers that arise that maybe we didn't expect because we were so focused on how we could thrive in the future, of how we could thrive if we just do, if we just make this choice. And so the Israelites are going to so struggle with this transition, and they're going to be so caught up in one way of thinking, in the perception that they have, and in the unwillingness to see new possibilities, the unwillingness to change their words, their actions, their unwillingness to engage in life in a different way, that they're going to take what should be a week-long walk through the wilderness, they're going to take 40 years. Now, the number 40 is just means it's a long and complete time. We don't actually know how long it was. But a sense of what should have taken a week now took 40 years because of their perception, their unwillingness, the barriers that they were willing to create, to even hang on to. And so how does Moses navigate that? How does Moses navigate when it's not like things were easy for him. When God said, I need you to go lead my people, Moses was like, I don't have the ability. I don't have the skills. Please call somebody else. And God's like, no, it's you. And so he goes and we find him here. And now he's got a deal day in, day out. There are these big moments but it's the little things day in and day out that he has got to figure out how to navigate, how to face in such a way that it continues not only life to flourish for him, but it also creates a ripple effect throughout the community. So beginning in Exodus, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 6, Jethro, Midian's priest and Moses' father-in-law, heard about everything that God had done for Moses and for God's people Israel, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Moses' father-in-law Jethro took with him Zipporah, Moses' wife, whom he had sent away, along with her two sons. One was named Gershom, whom, because he said, I have been an immigrant living in a foreign land. The other was named Eliezer because he said, The God of my ancestors was my helper who rescued me from Pharaoh's sword. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought Moses' sons and wife back to him in the desert where he had set up camp at God's mountain. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you along with your wife and her two sons. All right. So we have Moses, and now we're hearing a little bit more about his father-in-law. If we were to back up in Exodus, into the very beginning of Exodus, we would find the story of Moses escaping from Egypt because he was upset about the Egyptians killing a Hebrew. And so he makes his way out into the desert, into the wilderness, and he comes across Jethro and his family. He marries one of Jethro's daughters, and that's where he becomes a shepherd. That's where he makes a life. And the last time we heard anything about Moses' family was actually in chapter 4, and it's a really weird story that scholars like to debate. And that's not really important for today. But what to focus upon here is Jethro comes to meet Moses, 
and he brings his family with him. Now, do we know the relationship status of Moses and his wife? No. Maybe they liked living apart a lot. Maybe they didn't like it. That's not really important. What seems to be happening here, though, is that Jethro brings the family to encourage and strengthen Moses. That there's a sense of Moses needs to be surrounded by people he can trust, by people who can strengthen and encourage him. And so for ourselves, as we're thinking about the difficult times with people, the difficult parts of relationships, there's this other side of going, well, who do we surround ourselves with who strengthen and encourage us? Because this life isn't meant to be in isolation. This life isn't meant to be alone at all. God created us for community to love and be with one another. And so here with Jethro bringing the strength and encouragement, not just himself, but others, it kind of should have us taking a step back. Yes, we can identify the problems that we have, the angst, the fears, the moments, the relationships that make us just want to bang our head against the wall. But who are those that we have in our lives who actually strengthen and encourage us, who help us on this journey? Continuing on in verses 7 through 10. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him. They asked each other how they were doing, and then they went into the tent. Moses then told his father-in-law everything that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians on Israel's behalf, all the difficulty they had on their journey, and how the Lord had rescued them. Jethro was glad about all the good things that the Lord had done for Israel in saving them from the Egyptians' power. Jethro said, Bless the Lord who rescued you from the Egyptians' power and from Pharaoh's power, who rescued the people from Egypt's oppressive power. Moses is excited to see Jethro. Good relationship there, it seems. And it's kind of interesting because the way this is starting, right, this is starting by bringing the people that Moses may love, may feel the closest to, can trust. And now that we see something important about the foundation of this relationship. Jethro is like, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. The wonderful things that God has done, that God has been with you that this entire time, all the difficulties you face, and yet you can recognize all the blessings along the way that God never abandoned you. And what's important about that is showing a foundation, a foundation in the perspective of Moses and of Jethro, and that Jethro is reinforcing that foundation of noticing where God is guiding, how God is present, how God is maneuvering and with us even in the most difficult of times, even when there is this sense of Egypt and oppression of the difficulties. Moses says something about the difficulties, but there's a sense that God has not abandoned them, that God is still present and there are still good things happening. There are still ways in which they are experiencing God's presence. 
And so that foundation there, for Jethro to reinforce it, that's kind of important. And for us, when we're thinking about who we allow in our inner circle, who we allow like really close to the relationships that we cultivate, how is that part of it? How is that person reinforcing those values, those moments of saying, wait a minute, I get it. It's hard. Life is difficult. Relationships are not going to be easy. And Jethro's going to get into that with him in just a minute. But first, let's recognize that God is with us, that God is with us. God is guiding us and how God has blessed us all along the way. It's a sense of what's our perception? Where are we starting from? What is our life centered upon? And so those that we allow closest to us in our inner circles, how are they reinforcing messages or giving us something that actually just feeds into the negative, feeds into the drama, feeds into. So a sense here of who do we have in our closest community? Who can we rely upon for encouragement and strength? Who can we rely upon to help us keep perspective? Not yes people, that's not what we're talking about. Not people that always agree with us, but people that strengthen and encourage and keep us in this perspective of, wait a minute, where is God guiding today? It may be rough waters, but where is God guiding? How is God strengthening? How is God blessing? What ability has God given us and others to see each other through? Continuing on in verses 13 through 18. The next day, Moses sat as a judge for the people. While the people stood around, Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what's this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people are standing around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When a conflict arises between them, they come to me and I judge between the two of them. I also teach from God's regulations and instructions. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing isn't good. You will end up totally wearing yourself out, both you and these people who are with you. The work is too difficult for you. You can't do it alone. So Jethro's curious. He's like, okay, tell me a little bit about your thinking in this. And Moses thinking, Moses' intentions are good. He is trying to serve the people. He is trying to do right by others. He is trying to follow God's lead. He is trying to give the people those rules and regulations, how to live a way that is connected to God, how to order our lives on a day-to-day -day basis that points us at every moment to God of saying, okay, where's God guiding today? How, how do I love today? How do I belong today? How do I cultivate that with others? How do I settle disagreements with each other? And so he's trying to give that. And Jethro's like, yeah, but the way you're doing it, it's going to wear you out. It's going to level you. It is not good to do it alone. And so here we get this moment of not only who do we surround ourselves with, but now asking that question of going, okay, if my intention is to help to cultivate community, to say, wait, where is God in this? 
How is God at work even in the most dramatic, the, the craziest of situations of going, wait a minute, this isn't to be done alone. We need an entire community around us. And Jethro said, hey, Moses, you've got to find people to work with you. You've got to find people that you need to be a community with inside this larger one. You need to figure out who you can talk to, who you can share the load with. And so Jethro is challenging, but from a place of care and wonder, a place of going, you're going to burn out, Moses. You're going to burn out if you continue on this trajectory. If you continue on this, I'll just take care of it myself. I'll just do everything. I'll pull myself up by the bootstraps. And Jethro's like, hold up, man. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, Wait a minute, I, I, need, I need to work through these situations with other people. And so who do we invite in to this sharing of life, to this community of things? Because all of us have different gifts and abilities. All of us are able to navigate in different ways. And so what would it mean to begin to learn from one another, to be able to share that load with one another so that we don't feel like we are in isolation and have to do it alone. Because so often when we are facing barriers, it can feel isolating. But here, Jethro is giving a sense of, here's how you flourish in the face of those barriers. Continuing on in verses 19 through 22. Now listen to me and let me give you some advice. And may God be with you. Your role should be to represent the people before God. You should bring their disputes before God yourself. Explain the regulations and instructions to them. Let them know the way they are supposed to go and the things they are supposed to do. But you should also look among all the people for capable persons who respect God. They should be trustworthy and not corrupt. Set these persons over the people as officers of groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. They should bring every major dispute to you, but they should decide all of the minor cases themselves. This will be much easier for you, and they will share your load. All right, so, Mo, so Jethro has said to Moses, there are people you need to be on the lookout for. You need to be on the lookout for people to share this load with, to work through these issues of how can we better be a better community? How can we work with one another better? How do I handle when certain situations arise? And here Jethro says, all right, here's who you're looking for. You're looking for somebody who respects God, who has values, who has a sense of what their life should be pointed towards. You're looking for somebody who is trustworthy, and someone who is willing to share the load. And that willing to share the load, here's another way to understand that. Mutual, mutuality. Intentional mutuality. That here, it's not about being like, well, what can I get from you? What can I consume from you? What do you give me? and not give anything in return, but instead, where's the mutuality in that? Where is the intentional mutuality in how we go along in life together, of how we share in the difficulties and in the joys and celebrations, how we share in the fears and the discomforts 
in the drama of going, how do we even get out of this? How do we navigate this? How do we deal with when somebody is so negative and down and just pushing people away? And here, here we've got somebody who wants to share in the mutuality of life that says, wait a minute, I'm here with you in the good times, in those celebrations, in those joys, but also in those barriers, in the difficulties that arise. And so not only do we have a particular set of values and a particular set of abilities, right, that sense of pointed towards God, that trustworthiness, that want to help in whatever way they can according to their abilities, but also a sense of intentional mutuality in life. And so when we're thinking about who's in our life, who kind of goes with us, who we are in relationship with, we are always going to have those that pop up that start to create barriers. We're always going to have those moments, those situations. Sometimes those things smooth out, and sometimes those are like ultimate barriers. And so who do we have in our life who in works with us in that intentional mutuality where we're not taking life from one another. We're not using each other, but instead we are in it together. And so here Jethro is giving Moses, he's giving Moses advice, but he's giving Moses a way forward in life of when those barriers exist, because they're going to keep coming up, right? I mean, he makes it very clear they should bring every major dispute to you, but they should decide all of the minor cases themselves. This will be much easier for you, and they will share your load. That sense of major or minor cases, think about it in terms of they will share according to their abilities. Intentional mutuality doesn't mean that we are exactly alike in one another that we have the exact abilities that we think alike, but instead, how do we understand each other's abilities and allow them to flourish, allow them to give life to each one? Just as someone may need our help in something, how can we help someone else? Intentional mutuality. Finishing up in verses 23 through 27. If you do this and God directs you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people will be able to go back to their homes much happier. Moses listened to his father-in-law's suggestions and did everything that he had said. Moses chose capable persons from all Israel and set them as leaders over the people, as officers over groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They acted as judges for the people at all times. They would refer the hard cases to Moses, but all of the minor cases they decided themselves. Then Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, and Jethro went back to his own country. So here, Jethro gives Moses a way forward. Moses listens. Moses takes that advice. He internalizes that advice. And what's interesting is that it's not just so that Moses will feel better, that Moses will be able to endure, that it's all about Moses. But no, Jethro makes this really important point. And all these people will be able to go back to their homes much happier. 
this sense of the way that we decide to cultivate community, the way that we decide to engage in relationships, whether those are relationships with barriers in them or those that do not, those that are shared intentional mutuality, that depending upon how we decide to engage in that, how we intend to cultivate that can result in not only endurance for ourselves, but also that others will find happiness, that others will be given a life of living well, of being able to thrive, of this sense of happiness and joy, that it really can cultivate and go out in ways that maybe we never even expected. And so here as Jethro leaves, he gives Moses perspective of what is possible when he is willing to share, when he is very intentional about who is closest to him, about how he intentionally cultivates community with those that he can, that are trustworthy, that are mutual, that are living into mutuality with him, and then those who he continues to face barriers with. The story of Moses. Every time I look at it, at different aspects of it, and especially in this moment, right before Jethro shows up in the chapter like 17, like if you were to go back and read, the people are complaining. They are just complaining and they do not stop. Every time they even get what they want, they do not stop complaining. And so I often have wondered about how Moses just, how he carries that how he carries those experiences, how he carries those complaints. And sometimes we read, right, he himself gets really frustrated with it. And so we can understand why Moses at some point, even in a moment like this, why Moses might go, you know what, <laughs> I'm out. Like, I'm going to go, like, just start walking. East, west, north, south. I'm not telling anybody where I'm going. I just, I want to be done. I want no more drama. I want no more of the fighting, no more of the complaining. I just want out. I want to be alone. Because relationships are hard. Cultivating community is hard. And so it would be completely understandable for Moses to be like, I'm out. And here Jethro shows up, and it seems Jethro shows up at a really important moment. He shows up, and he is ready to encourage and strengthen and give Moses a new way to engage, a new way to cultivate, a new way to see the situation. Does it mean that the Israelites are going to stop complaining? No. Does it mean there are still going to be barriers created by others? Yes. But Moses is no longer alone in it. Moses is no longer isolated from it. He does not have to carry the load all by himself. Now Moses can say, wait a minute, who else? Who else can be part of? Who else can help? Who else is gifted at cultivating community? In this moment, Moses gives us a way forward. And so how will we allow this story to challenge us to kind of strengthen us and encourage us? How will we allow this story to even make us drill down and be like, wait a minute, who am I allowing really close to me in my life? Who is all about, let's cultivate community. Let's strengthen each other. Let's be able to live in mutuality and who is not. 
How are we cultivating relationships? How are we engaging in relationships where there is mutuality and where there are barriers? Because the barriers are never going to go away. And so how do those relationships of shared values, of mutual respect, how do those help us when we are facing the barriers with others? How do we flourish in our relationships that we're all about sharing the load together? How do we allow that space to flourish? How do we cultivate that as we handle the others where there are barriers? How will we be challenged by this story today? Amen. Thank you.